You're listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. Mike Connolly. Hello. And our guest today, Susie Poling of Podblots. Hey, Susie. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. We'd, we'd planned to do this uh, sometime when you were out here in L.A., but you've recently relocated, so we're, we're actually doing it virtually now. You are back in, in Michigan. I am. I'm so happy we just had a tour of the amazing Michigan place you are, and it just pure, like, wood grain Michigan, like, chill Detroit block. I love it so much. Like, that's awesome. It's Honestly, I'm pretty psyched to be back here. Um, yeah. It's like I've been driving around and I'm like, wow, it's just really inspiring. Like every corner, there's something really cool to look at. And you you grew up in Michigan because I met you in Chicago, Mm -hmm. but Michigan was where you grew up, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I grew up going to shows in Detroit when I was like or clubs when I was like 13 because they would have the all ages night and stuff. So I was doing that. I actually just went to um, City Club for the first time since Amazing. I was in wow. <laughs> since I was in high school, and I was like, felt like I went through some portal of time. Like the bathroom looked exactly the same, and I was like, <laughs> this is freaky. It never changes. It just gets a fresh coat of black paint. I feel like yeah, time yeah, goes totally. forward. City Club black. stays the same. <laughs> Man, yeah, that was that was a trip. I was like, I haven't been here in like over 20 years like a long ass time yeah i first started going there in the late 90s and i remember you could buy a pitcher of kamikaze was like one of the drinks everyone would get these like the mini <laughs> oh, pitchers just full of kamikaze <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> oh it, was, it was bad uh That's that really about bad. sums up the city club experience to we me we were probably there at the same time <laughs> yeah maybe yeah. Yeah. yeah actually probably when did you when did you move to chicago in 97 because you went to columbia 98 right? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Chicago was fun back then. It was wild. When did you start making making music? Was that in Chicago? Right around the time when I first met you, like 2002. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. You, and, and we went around that theater that, that I used absolutely. to live in. That kept, like, yeah, the Congress. When you lived at the Congress Theater. And I was yeah. saying right before we started, right before you came yeah. on, that that would have been... Basically, my first place I stayed on a tour because it was oh one my of gosh. it was like basically ever. my first tour. What a way to start it off! And staying at the Congress <laughs> Theater, which was sort of legendary to me because even I knew I was where I was aware of the Congress Theater when I was in high school because I grew up around Chicago. So, oh wow! Yeah, I grew up in the suburbs, so I went to the Congress Theater right, in high right. school. So that's but so yes, weird. I'll, I'll never forget that we stayed with you, but we. We just went all around the theater, all in the back. How did you end up getting that? Oh my god, living there. That was the best. That's so cool, though, to like do a tour of this house really quick. Yeah, and then yes. go back to the Congress because <laughs> when I first got to this house that I'm house sitting or whatever, I was like, this. I'm just thinking of. I was thinking of the theater. Like this is from 1894. This house I'm staying in. Wow. And the Congress was 1922. It's the, yeah, the no, both of these places crazy. sound like the, the setting for a Jalo. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just very. How did you end up living at the Congress Theater? So I was a photo student at Columbia and then I was walking by the theater all the time and I was like, what's in there? And then I just went and knocked at the this office, you know, door and this like older guys, like this old Serbian man who had owned it. And he um was 
really nice. And I just asked really nice. I was like, can I take photos of the theater? And like, just, he was like, I don't know. I think he just thought I was nice or something. And he was like, started letting me in and then eventually gave me a key. And then eventually there was a room available. And eventually I moved into this like coach heck room that was sort of a makeshift bedroom bathroom thing. And I used to like shower up the hall, like when there weren't concerts, like it was definitely like squatter, but like also kind of a super nice loft. It was weird. Yeah. I I remember being It was in the theater. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was so cool. I remember how cool it was. And I remember being like pretty cool. It wasn't, it was insane. Yeah. 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 Like I wouldn't think, yeah. Even when you said squatter, like I never thought of it as some sort of squatter thing. You, you, you made it really nice. Yeah. I mean, it was just, there wasn't like, it wasn't a place to live. You know what right. I mean? It wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't you know, zoned it wasn't meditation. an meditation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, had the hot plate going and stuff like that in this like beautiful theater, like the space, but yeah, it was cool. And then twig, um, eventually wanted to, cause I was hanging out with, you know, those guys a lot. And then he became friends with the owner too. I was like, and then they got a practice space up the hall. So it was like Nautical Almanac had their space. And then um, Scissor Girls, do you remember them? Oh, yeah. Scissor, yep. Of course, yeah. Oh, duh, of course, yeah. And then um, <laughs> they did Bride of No-No, and then they were practicing up the hall too. So it's like kind of turned into this like community type thing with this guy, Ray. We just became friends with him, which I lost touch with him. I mean, he sold the theater and I moved out of Chicago, but. I don't even know it if it's still cool. there. It is. It's kind of abandoned. I like walked by there a couple of years ago and I was like, my theater. And it's just, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, that's where I started. Pod Watts was in that theater. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, you, and you went, you said you were doing uh, photography at Columbia, right? I, that's how I got into the theater. Cause I photographed the theater and then it kind of like helped the, the, it helped the space not get torn down. Like it helped it make it like a landmark or whatever for Chicago. It was a historic landmark. Oh, that's so cool because I definitely think of your photography because if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. early on, I remember you having uh, photos of abandoned amusement parks. Yeah, that came later after the theater. That was like another obsession. And then the mental hospitals mm-hmm. that was like kind of went down a trail of different places. But that's cool what? that we met there. Yeah, it's a yeah. Good memory. yeah, because yeah. I mean, you do you do so many things like I, I don't I, I don't know, like what you categorize as your primary project. Maybe it's just living, but you do (laughs) visual art, you do photography, you, you make paintings, you do sculptures, you make videos, you do installations, you do sound, you know, like, like how do you think of it or is it just your life? Um, well, I definitely like was, you know, started off as a photographer, as a photographer. And then just like, um, I, I don't know, I guess I was always like into weird movies and films and always got really into like texture. And then through that, I got more into, you know, painting and like building things up and sculptural objects. And I mean, at this point, it's a package thing. It's just all the same to me. If that makes any sense, like it's just all one medium to me. How do you decide where to dedicate your time for your different interests? I guess it's just whatever I feel like doing at the, at the time. I mean, there's definitely been like, many years where I was like laying in bed and I was just like, fucking pick one, like music or art, like Mm -hmm. decide, like stop this (laughs) nonsense. This is driving me crazy, you know? 
Um, and it's just, it's not, it's just not possible, but I've tried, I've tried <laughs> to stop doing yeah. this, doing this everything thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I can think of some of those early pop watches. I remember one particularly in an alley in Cincinnati. Oh you man. Remember that? You played too, Hair Police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think maybe Friends Forever played. I think that's why oh, maybe it was outside. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but that was... Those were fun wow. shows. <laughs> yeah, that's but when I, I first met both of you. Well, yeah, because I was saying that. You were Tara or then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when I first met Tara. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. But I feel that Podlots has really, really evolved. And they, there's there's eras in a way. And I feel like this new current era in the past handful of years you've really taken the project to a new level to alien landscapes post industrial was this part of human your, evolution when you're thinking about w- the direction you want to go with w- art music w- did you have that moment of the the evolution of Poblots, or was it just something that has just happened over the years I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just always, yeah, it's just happened, but it was weird. It's like, I thought about dropping the name or like doing another name or just always dilemma. I know it. Yeah. I know that's a continuous conversation for a lot of people, but um, yeah, I mean, I've definitely been like, I hate this name or like, I hate this, you know, or whatever. Like if people go through it where you're like, I want to do this other thing, but it's just, it just comes out the way it does. And I don't, for some reason it does just keep changing and evolving and, um, and it doesn't, yeah, it's always just kind of this abstract project. That's, I always feel like it kind of sits outside of genres, I guess. What were your influences when you started? The carnival soul soundtrack. Oh God. Yes. Which makes, I oh, always perfect. thought of you. I always mm-hmm. think of you and Carnival Souls together. Cause I remember having a conversation cool. back then. And even obviously <laughs> the abandoned amusement park yeah. photography reminded yeah. me of Carnival Souls. And even some of that early stuff, it was in my mind, Poblats was the band that existed in an abandoned amusement park. That, that was, that was the, that was the uh, feeling for sure. Yeah. What else? Um, I guess I was listening. I was listening to, at the time. I was listening to Joe Meek and like a lot of echoey type, you know, experimental stuff. Um, I mean, I guess I came like you know earlier influences always came through because I was like, you know, one of those people that was like going to hardcore shows and also going to raves and then going to see the Grateful Dead. <laughs> like Just you anything know, like, you could, all absorb. sorts of shit. Yeah, Let's it was try like, it. I think the Carnival of Soul soundtrack, again, I, I think of that. And, and even early Poblots had organ sounds. Mm-hmm. And, or at least to my mind, they were organ sounds. I don't know exactly what you it were. It started with the playing. organ, that white pod organ that I got from, actually from the mystery spot from Twig's sto- and Carly's store. Of course. I bought course. it from, that thing got sold um, finally. I sold it to a friend before, and this last uh, move out of California. You still oh, had it? <laughs> I had was it, it for was it an air years, organ? Yeah. An air organ? It, it was a moog. It's like a white moog. It's called the white elephant. It was oh, an organ yeah. moog. Yeah, it was like this Italian mutant keyboard that was 
kind of the early. I mean, yeah, I had it forever. I've been playing that forever. It was the big organs. too, right? I remember. Like, yeah, I think we yeah. met in two thousand three uh, at Detroit Art Space, and I saw and I saw you yes. play. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it was. Uh, oh my god! You had this huge white keyboard. <laughs> like I don't think I'd seen anyone play something like that because see people with synthesizers, keyboards, and and like mm-hmm. weird vintage stuff, but never this just kind of like big blocky white thing. <laughs> I remember that show because I cut my hand open with this like piece of metal. I was like banging some piece of like this giant metal, like, like helmet or something. And then I got blood all over the keyboard and it looked really good because the keyboard was like all white with like blood blood stain all over that. I was like, that's beautiful. That's, that's the gig. (laughs) Oh, and then it was the same tour that I, that I came to, um, with, then there was another tour or another show I did in um, Lexington. Probably the same tour. It was the same tour. It was with um, and, and with Panicsville, and then he like split his head open. And, yeah. and, oh, and I your, forgot your about that. Something. Yes, I, on the mail. I just blood. had a flash. So of that. That's so crazy. I just had a flash we of that. We kept trying to tape it closed, but it would not. And it was at, at, Irene, at Irene's <laughs> yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. We were just talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, s- we spilled a lot of blood in that house. Didn't honestly. Realize how That's where violent my- pod blots was. I kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, stuff comes up. I mean, horror movie influence. I don't know. It's just That's right. I kind completely- of souls. Yeah. Wow. A hundred percent. And hair police was all over the floor, and it was like everyone in the room was like crawling on the floor like worms. Yeah. And then Man. like. Andy was all bloody or whatever. It was just, yeah, that was really fun. And I think dressed like an octopus. I think that was when they were doing the, the leather yeah. octopus outfit. I yeah. remember that outfit. <laughs> but it's also like with hair police, the whole gig was on the floor swarming <laughs> yeah. around. You remember? Like everybody. Yeah. 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 yeah wow. Wow. We had some. It's actually really funny because we were. We were just remembering, uh, we were just remembering those times and especially playing at Irene's house the other day. And I forgot that that gig was, that's, that's I think there's some venues and places where you're, you're able to do anything that you can think of. And I think it really propels you forward, you know, like, like places like that, like you being at the Congress theater, like having a space like Charles mansion or club seal or whatever it's called, just where you're able to just do, do whatever comes to mind, do weird shit. It's great. I love thinking about you guys, the piling up worm pile. <laughs> that's like, that's where it all started. Oh man. That's, well, that's for good. you, you've always, so, you know, I kind of associated you also with very restrained color, focused color palettes, black and white, silver, or just something pulled back. Like when did you start developing your, your physical aesthetic that you wanted to incorporate into your works? Like early Doctor Who, some of those like costumes and that, that kind of fantastical Mm -hmm. like quality, that's definitely been an early influence, like on every level. Well, I think with the grayscale and like the, you know, monochromatic geometric aesthetic, like I've always been really influenced by like Russian avant-garde and Dada, like that's Mm -hmm. always been, you know, like since forever been inspired by that. And then, you know, obviously like horror movies and things like that growing up as a child, you know, cause we used to have like films in Detroit, you know, they would have like a, every Saturday they would show like, you know, scary movies on the weekends. So I was exposed to like very dramatic films at a very, at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with, um, 
with the performance aspect, like where it all kind of stemmed from was a lot of it had to do with my, um, my spinal surgery and, um, having been in a back cast and, um, then I kind of just felt like I needed to perform. Like I was always interested in performing, like even as a kid, but it's like, it became more abstract after my surgery. And then I was like, all right, I really have to get this expression out, like whatever this is. And it, I guess it just came out in a more abstract geometric kind of physical, um, ways, you know, that well, I'm because still, you're a robot. You know, I am technically a, yeah, I, I, <laughs> you're a cyborg. I'm a cyborg. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, spinal surgery, it was, um, yeah, it was, uh, how do you put it? It's different when you have a piece of metal, like implanted on your leg or your arm or something, but when it's like actually in, like, you know, um, fused to your spine, yeah, it, there's, it, something happens. My, another friend of mine who's had spinal surgery felt the same way where there's some type of transformation that occurs with the healing process. Um, and it's just inspired me as a performer and artist in general, like on, on every level. It's so psychological too, because it's, it's notoriously painful, first of all, and, and the recovery time is really long. And I was just taken aback when you showed me a picture of your spine. It, it wasn't just a rod. It's like a series of, um, what are those called? The, the, you put the clubs that you put on your car to keep it from yeah. carjack. Like it's hooks. Like it's, it's really um, a striking thing. When, when did you have spine yeah. surgery? Uh, when I, it's um, in the mid nine, like late nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I have, of like old technology put in. So I always kind of tell people I have like a lawnmower in me. Cause I'm like, or I like, I have like lawn equipment. Cause it's like, it looks like something you could like, you know, cut a tree down with or something. Yeah. Like it's seriously like two long pieces with like clamps and stuff. There's newer technology. That's much, much lighter looking. This is huge. What's inside of my body. It's like, it's very, it's, it's very industrial. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what 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 precipitated having yeah did you always surgery? know you were gonna have to have it or did it happen suddenly um well I have scoliosis so mm-hmm. it got to a point where they were like you're either gonna be a you know have arthritis and not be able to walk correctly or you're gonna have to get this put I put in so they did it and um yeah it was a pretty pretty interesting I mean in, you know intense experience it's been a huge part of my life, but, uh, I would say that I was excited to see the recent x-rays because of this recent accident that I had. I, I got some x-rays done of my lungs. And so that's when I got Mm -hmm. to see the side view. So that image that you saw that I shared of where it looks like the hooks, I had never seen that angle before. And I was like, that's, that's my shit. Like that's inside me. That looks insane. Yeah. That must've been so mind blowing. Like, Oh my God, I had no idea that it looked like that from this angle. Yeah. Yeah. Man. And, and you, move, cool. you move great. I've see, seen you dancing around. You, I, I would never move. know. I would never know. Well, I can't really bend my back. Like if I bend my back over, it's like flat. So I'm definitely kind of, yeah. Cyborg again. My cyborg dance. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I'm okay I, with it. I'm, I'm all right with being I a cyborg. I mean, I, it's, I'm happy that I know a cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I, I make a lot of art that's metallic, you know, and I think there's a reason for it because like, why am I attracted to metal? Like what, making, you know, sculptures and certain imagery. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I can relate. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and light, like everything you, you do really well with like, you know, reflective qualities and mirror images and, you know, I guess that's because you're, you're a trained photographer though. You have created this world that absolutely relates back to Mm -hmm. that. And even your use of your, the use of light, like Tara was saying, or the use of discussing the, the cybernetic nature of, of, the world has absolutely been a part of your work. And I think especially in the, in the last handful of releases, I think Mm -hmm. it's really come across and as well as recent performances or installations there, there really has that cybernetic quality to it. Yeah. I'm definitely interested in, yeah. Like the, the industrial landscape and the, the human landscape and the, geological landscape and all the layers and the reflective light. And yeah, there's a few different projects happening at that. I, they're like a continuation. Like I keep them going. They don't really end like the landscape photos and mm-hmm. um, the installations and then the um, interest in texture and, and uh, more industrial environments. Like, I've been really into photographing in junkyards, like all those scrapyards and all the giant structures of metal. And especially in LA too. Um, oh yeah. Like where you can see just like mountains of metal piled up. I mean, I saw a place here in Detroit last week where I was like, I got to get in there. And it just looks, it was like all of the metal in the city that's getting recycled piled up. And it just looks incredible. And it's like lots of, be obsessed about with that you know it's like the um you know here we are in the industrial decline and it's just there's it's interesting to see all the materials that are around us and like see them decompose and like see them get reused and like how could they get reused and like i don't know i trip out on like like electronic recycling centers too and um yes and that can like like where you see like, okay, there's like all these computers, like fields of computers that are just like left behind. I mean, not left behind, but like left there. And it's like, it's, we can make like a whole new like island of, and, of buildings and structures made out of old computers. And it's like, eventually we're probably going to have to because <laughs> of all the like... <laughs> You know, yeah, like those islands off the coast of Dubai. There's just going to be a computer-shaped computer island just made out of obsolete apples. They just pile them up. It's crazy. Yeah, it's shocking to think about, but it's interesting, terrifying. Everything. I love your photography. Thank you, especially like the extremophile bacteria and geysers. Just such gorgeous color. There's some lusciousness. When I moved to LA, you had an art show at a gallery here. I think you, you were still living in the Bay, but there was an art show and you were showing uh, the geyser photography. 
Mm-hmm. And I just remember, and there were these really huge prints of the things too. I remember being completely yeah. taken aback by the detail uh-huh. and the beauty of those things that I'd never seen before. The the crazy colors and the cr- just textures to all of it, like every single thing in there had a texture, a texture shift between the you know the uh, different materials and and where they meet and where they mingled. Yeah, I remember that. That was that was fun. It- you were there and I remember like you like connecting with that work. And I feel like we've always talked about that intro or like landscapes and sort of appreciated that, that, um, subject. Absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. Landscapes it's, and, and the sort of and, natural process of erosion has always been like one of my favorite things. So seeing that sort of thing where, yeah. where that's happening in a constant sort of process with these geysers was really, yeah, that was very special to me to see. And, yeah, one of the, one of those things that I I don't know that I'd seen much of your visual work. I know you from gigs, you know. I know you from yeah concerts mm-hmm. and stuff. And then seeing those photographs, I was like, oh wow. I I feel like, and maybe it was just I didn't know or notice that uh, at that point that your visual work was was like that. And also, it wasn't quite as integrated with like what I was seeing in performance or when we get a chance to hang out and talk. And so, when when did the visual work merge with? the music stuff was it was it always there do you think or did did it sort of become a higher priority at some point yeah it took a while for it to blend together but um but i do want to say that i i do appreciate that you really vibe on the the landscapes and textures and i do see it a lot in your album art too <laughs> like we've talked about you know or shared that um you know commonality yeah, so yeah. Um, it's cool and yeah as far as like the geysers and and the erosion like that um that's always an interesting one and like thinking about the, the that land and like how much it's changed to like climate change and stuff too like mm-hmm. some of those geysers have now changed colors and yeah. um i haven't been there in like a been about 10 years but um yeah coolest place yellowstone um i definitely want to get out to some real volcanoes soon i'm dying to get to iceland oh yes yeah the obsession of with volcanoes is is uh endless for sure. I mean, that's a I follow like geology pages and stuff. I'm a total nerd about it. <laughs> geology Hub on YouTube is really good. Just want to throw that one out there. Yeah, I have a favorite volcanic eruption. It would be Tambora of 1815. It's like a massive. It it like blighted out the sun for an entire summer and crops failed and it caused all types of issues with the human population. And it just lets you know that, you know, we are at the mercy of geology at some point. We are a volcano basically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're like born out of that. Like what, where the, what the fuck are we? You know what I mean? It's like, Oh yeah. It's <laughs> piece of lava. We just are like lava bodies or something. I don't know. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, how, how does it all work? It's fascinating, super fascinating. Um, but to answer your question, Gray, I, I would say it took a while for things to, to really kind of like flow together. Like it definitely felt like two different worlds, like the, my artwork and then the music, like, or what, how would I put it? Um, it took, there was like sections of my work and it kind of like, it didn't feel like it was all flowing together until like maybe more like in the last like five to 10, probably the last 10 years. 
it's been. I think the um, that uh, record on yeah. clandestine was the when I think I, I sort of saw the melding of those things. Maybe that was 2012 or so, 2011. Oh, I'm like, what did I do? That one was like a yeah, very. That was kind of a cyborg looking cover. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very very geometric and metal um, looking. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's it's taken a while to like get it to 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 all kind of blend together because I was. Um, I wanted it to kind of like be a little bit more, you know, synthesized or syncopated or whatever, like flowing, because it definitely felt like I was like navigating like two different worlds forever. But um, I'm glad you guys can see me and see it all, you know, or understand, you know, it's like there's some musicians where artists, you know, you see them, you're like, oh, okay, I found out about their music. And then they have this whole other thing that they do. A lot of people, there's like a, their mixed media it takes a while to get to know the entire world that they're creating. And it takes a while to, to enact those visions. We really have seen everything really coalesce, you know, in some of these last years. And it's so, it's so great to see. Oh yeah. Even the scale at which you're, you're doing things now, you know, like going from like places where people will let you do something to places where people are seeking you out and wanting you to, and you're doing large scale until installations. Like it's been so great to like watch what you've been doing. Thank you. It's a trip to like move across the country with my entire, uh, um, like art practice or my, like the load here of all the sculptures and, um, negatives and equipment. It's completely archived and boxed up in um, nice white boxes and containers and like I'm still like living out of boxes right now and it's all all, but it's like I have it cataloged in this way and it's just been really interesting that like I got rid of everything except for gear and art wow with with the move so this is my you know it's like I look I'm like this is my life right here and what you know what was allowed to come with me and what had to go And um, it was intense, like, you know, archiving your life, like, holy shit, that was so much work. And choosing what to keep and what to discard. Yeah, it was a month, a month straight of just packing and organizing, but it's, it's all catalogs. And um, it was like brain surgery. It was, it was cool. But, um, but yeah, now I'm like, okay, I made a bunch of work in LA before I left that I'm excited to unpack and like play around with. And uh, now I'm like, okay, I kind of want to like really make some new shit and I am making some new music and that I'm excited about. And, um, <clears throat> I just, I feel like I've been through so many like changes lately that I feel like I, I, I just like, I don't really want to do the stuff I've been doing before because well, of all these like radical changes just like that just happened in the last like few months. Well, and, and, you know, That's one of the reasons we were like, Susie, we want to talk to you now. Um, (laughs) One, because, you know, we've been friends for 20 years and we think you're an amazing artist. So Uh, these these are things, too. But you had such an insane life event that happened. um, And and I don't know, I, I felt like this would be a really great time to talk to you because I can't imagine how it has, you know, impacted you mentally. And, and that was, you, you had a, a near death experience. 
Like maybe, maybe you had a death experience and you came back from that. When we were talking before, I mean, I told a few people this, I was like, it definitely felt like I was like William Hurt in um, Altered States. I uh, had a really weird accent and still making sense of it. Like really one of those things where I'm like, okay, I literally hit a, a doorknob and it, it, it was weird. Cause I like, I, I mean, I apparently I'm anemic. So I was mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, um, severe anemia because I was vegan and I'm no longer vegan because I can't be. So it was like destroying my body. So apparently my spleen was enlarged. So it made it easy to lacerate. Yeah. And I was just like in a doorway, my friend's dog was like hyper whatever. And I just kind of like scooted over and like bumped the door. And it wasn't even like, I wasn't like running through the door. It just didn't make any sense. And all of a sudden it just like, it was like pop. Like it just was one of those things where I was like, what the fuck just happened? And it like knocked the wind out of me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, just had a cup of coffee. still kind of waking up, whatever it was. It shouldn't have been like that, but it was like, almost felt like some weird, like, I don't know. It was like, did I just have some like divine intervention or some, like something <laughs> happened where it just, it, it hit it the right way. Yeah. And, and then I was like, oh shit, I'm in so much pain right now. And then I didn't realize that I was internal bleeding, you know, at my friend's house and a bunch of time went by before I finally got to the hospital. So it doesn't why would make you any think, sense. Because yeah. why would you think a doorknob would do that? I mean, that's, it's totally reasonable to go, oh, that, that's a weird bruise. I don't know yeah. what happened. And you, and you hit things weird the wrong way. You're like, oh, yeah. I hit my stomach this like weird way. And you're like, I got a cramp and like, oh, let me grab a glass <laughs> of water. And then totally. you shake it. And then you like shake it off. Yeah. And then you, or you're like, let me just lay down for a minute. And like, I don't know, eat some applesauce or something and chill out. I mean, whatever. Like you just try to chill. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't, that wasn't happening. And I was like sitting in every position trying to be like, get comfortable. And, um, so anyways, I get to the hospital and did you go, did you go that day or did you go a few days later? Oh no. I mean, I was at my friend's house and if, I mean, there's a lot of grueling details that you don't like, we can skip over because it's sort of, <laughs> it sort of sucks to think about, but, um, Cause I, I turned white, my lips were white. Like okay. it was scary for people. Yeah, you were, you me. were basically, yeah. you were fading quickly. I was and, fading quickly. It yeah. was, yeah. And it was scary, you know, for people. And I feel bad about that because, you know, of sorry, course. I hit a, hit a, hit a fucking doorknob, you know, beyond but, um, not your fault, but it, yeah. <laughs> well, I just didn't know I was so anemic. That was the main thing. Yeah. I mean, how many people accident. are anemic and don't even realize it though? Yeah. And you know, it's weird because I looked up anemia more. I mean, obviously with this whole experience and they're like, anemia can be, uh, it can become like life-threatening or Mm -hmm. dangerous. And I'm like, yeah, apparently it led to making my spleen enlarged to the point that all you had to do is just pop it a little. Like, And apparently they said, the hospital said, well, I don't have a lot of, um, I didn't have a lot of weight around the area. So it just went right in and the doorknob was like up high and stuff. So, so you so you did go later that day. We went a couple hours later, okay, which yeah. was which was very dangerous. I needed to go immediately. Um, oh, so wow. I did but again, I, like you know, you don't. Nobody it, thinks you they have to think go that. instantly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I knew something was wrong, and you know, we were like, it was the ambulance thing. It was just a whole like a lot of. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. didn't make any sense. We were really fucking confused about it, and then it yes. were like this pain isn't going away. Um, 
So when I finally got to the hospital, which I was at that point, like in and out fading and, um, they were like, okay, she's septic. Oh my that's, God. The part, that's the part that was where I was like at the door. Yeah. You know, I was in the door, like I was fading in and out and, um, you know, they were like, I, I was kind of coming, like waking up back and forth. And I was at one point, she's like, the lady's like jamming me down the hallway. And I was like, am I, am I dying right now? You know, like you guys mm-hmm. are like freaking out, trying to hurry up and get this blood transfusion because I'm septic, which means that could make me paralyzed or die, you know, at any, at, at any moment. Yeah. Right. So, um, and I'm still like making sense of that for sure. Like I'm like that actually happened, you know, but, um, yeah, I was just like, am I, I, she, I was like, am I dying? And she's like, not on my clock. And then yes. she, she's like, well, that's a good attitude. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was like, as she's, uh, like cruising me down the, this hallway pretty fast and it was crazy. It was, I never knew that internal bleeding hurt like that. Like you always think like, oh, someone's internal bleeding, like, you know, oh, they're internal bleeding. Like, no, it was, I was on Dilaudid. Oh, um, wow. All the strong painkillers was super painful, like unreal, like all sorts of, I'm, I'm doing a lot of therapy right now to kind of like get my body to chill Mm -hmm. because, and I'm going to play a show actually in a week and a half, which I'm a little exhausted for, but, um, but I'm, I'm actually ready to let some, let it out, you know, wow. like, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, something's got to like, it was like a, yeah, the, like I'm telling you, it was like altered states. I mean, it's like the beast has to come out. Like it's just, there's something, <laughs> something got real. <laughs> so did you get new spinal shots of your lungs because of surgery over that's your spine? Why, yeah, yeah. That's why those cool photos came up. Yeah, they That's always right, have yeah. to look at your lungs first to make sure you can well, handle the anesthetic. Lungs, yeah, my lungs were because we've been, you know, you and I've been chatting a lot, and my lungs were sticking to my ribs. Oh, so because of the blood. Yeah, right. yeah, lo- sticky lungs. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I I always it, it was I feel for people yeah. that have medical events because I, I think that you are not one of them, of course, but like when, when normal people have something go wrong, it's so confusing and they don't know how to handle it. And so I, I feel like I've had enough like medical issues where, you know, just like to check in with people and make sure they're okay yeah. psychologically. Right. Right. Well, I think the spinal surgery, you know, 25 years ago or whatever mm-hmm. it was kind of made it. So anything like if I handled that, this oh, is, my God. This yeah. is, you know, that was, that was like a whole, you know, it was, that was, um, you know, it's one of those things like these things hurt and they're terrible, but they're like life changing in this way that it's like, it's super interesting too. Like I, I've told a few people that when my, my spinal surgery, I, that was the first time I dealt with, I felt, um, experienced astral projection. So I was mm-hmm. floating above my body, like, with the whole silver cord and everything like, yeah, that was the first time that I had an experience like that. And then that kind of changed everything. So it was like, I kind of went through the door then too, mm-hmm. a little bit. Well, you're a multidimensional cyborg now. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm open to the conversations. I mean, I, you know, I'm open to like talking about 
you know, the other side and, um, like life beyond this life. And, and I've had yeah. enough experiences with losing a lot of friends, um, and family. Um, so yeah, I'm, well, yeah. Careful well, how I talk about it, but of course, just, I mean, hopefully nobody would be upset by all of those wonderful, sweet things that you were just saying about your loved ones on the other side. Um, but, but no, I've, I've certainly had a medical event where, you know, I, I felt that, um, if I chose to let go, there was a portal that was open in the corner of the room that was, you know, started as a beam of light and then started spreading. And if I chose to let go, I could just go through that portal (laughs) and make it happen at that point in time. It's a, right. It is that easy. And right. Like we all know Mm -hmm. we're like, it's that easy, like hitting. It's like, okay, you had something happen where, you know, you could feel that you could slip over and, um, it's and same with this. It's just like, all right, I hit a doorknob. Like it's that easy. So it's so well, weird, even the right? symbolism of being in a door and having the doorknob hit you. I know it's that hasn't that hasn't gone um on uh that hasn't gotten missed to like yeah, people. Right? People You're just in the middle of a portal. <laughs> yeah, no, people have said that to me. They're like, God, the metaphor of the doorknob and the doorway is like it's all right there. It's ridiculous. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. So do you feel more connected to your meat body now or do you feel less connected to your meat body? I'm having some I'm working through my relationship with this with with the bod right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm it's definitely weird when you you get close to, you know, you have a a major event like that. Um uh it's, it's going to get, it's getting worked through with, I mean, like with a lot of therapy right now, and then I'm mm-hmm. going to do more like movement and just like dancing feels really good. And like, um, I was doing massage for a while, but I'm kind of sick of doing that. I'm, I'm just kind of doing more like taking baths and working on art and art is definitely like music and stuff is definitely helping and lots of meditation. Yeah. I would imagine you're going to tear it up on the next album. It's, uh, there's, there's some changes that happen for sure. Like, and I feel like a different person in a way that I'm still trying to catch up with. Like I've become way more blunt or more direct, mm-hmm. um, like no nonsense. Like I just can't even like play around with anything. That's not just like completely upfront and just, I'll, t- I'll just say what I feel and not feel so uncertain about it. And, um, I think that that's i hope people can handle it <laughs> oh definitely ah, who cares if they can't yeah 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 and if they deal can't with it. just deal with it that's all they have to do yeah. just deal with it it's fine so how long were you in the hospital i was in the icu for a week they clo- they coiled my spleen um closed and uh yeah they i don't know my sister she was watching this video of this guy who had also died and come back. Like I, I didn't go like through the like tunnel and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like in the doorway mm-hmm. hanging out with my loved ones. Like that was the vibe. There were some periods where I definitely felt like I wondered if I, if I could, if it was time to go, you know, like I was like, is this my time? Is this what's happening right now? Um, and also just with that too, it's like, it's, it's interesting how peaceful that is. 
like you were saying, you're just sitting there and there's like a light in the corner. It's like, it is total peace. Like, Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's all right. You know, it's just, I think the part that's hard is the, you don't want anyone to feel sad about it, you know, but knowing that it is like complete peace and like, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's interesting, but it's hard. Yeah. It's like these things that are, you can't put words to, but, um, but the thing I was going to tell you is that my sister watched this video, this guy who had died and, you know, was dead for like a week or, or was like in a coma for like a week. And then he came back and was like, yeah, he was, um, saw himself like on top, like, like uh, connected to like butterfly wings and stuff. <laughs> I just thought oh, that wow. was like a really cool like description just to be like I was hanging out on butterflies that's where I was oh, you know wow. it's like that's so- okay when uh, when our dog passed away little Steve Perry I had a dream after she passed that a a giant moth carried her soul away into the cosmos and then I had like a little more closure and it made me feel better about it the butterflies and moths are very it's a good, it, it, it feel it, it, it fits. I've been really thinking about butterflies too. Like I've been, my mom and I go mm. and look at butterflies a lot together. Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. We've been making some art together. We've been making some butterfly collages. Had you ever oh, wow. done art with her before? Um, well, she's a gardener, so she's, um, she's an amazing, she was an amazing gardener. And so now since she's sick, I, I'm taking care of her with my other sister. And so I'm like her garden helper, like elf now, like I'm her like little, she tells me what she wants me to do in the garden and I'll be her hands. That's she's, perfect. <laughs> she just got it chill in her wheelchair or her walker. Cause she's, she's not supposed to touch the hedge cutters and all this stuff now. Cause, but I'll do it for her. It's, it's, we got a cute thing going on. Like, what are you growing? What do you, What's going on? Well, she's a rose gardener. So she was like, yeah, she was, she had a lot of roses. She had like a whole backyard full of roses. People would come into the yard and see her garden before, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what's, what, uh, what's, uh, what's growing this summer. I'm excited to garden again. Oh yeah. It's almost rose season. That That's I'm like the biggest thing I miss was in our yard was where the roses, like I planted so many rose bushes. It was great. <laughs> that's cool. We had butterflies last summer too in the yard. Oh yeah. The, the butterfly thing's kind of been going, it's like kind of our jam right now. And they love roses. They, you know, sometimes I would have roses blossom and they would be full of um, small worms. And I would remind myself that they would become butterflies later. They look really crazy though, too. Like the butterfly nests look really gross. Mm-hmm. Like they look, you're like, oh, what's that like gnarly, like wad yeah. of, you know? And then I looked at it and I'm like, well, I saw like the little caterpillars bouncing and I was like, get out of here. It was their yeah. monarch. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> they're super gross when they're babies. They're really gross. The whole thing looks gross. <laughs> love it. I love them. This, you know, yeah. So, something wonderful. I've thought in for a long time and, and I've certainly talked about before is that dealing with these intense situations, especially like you have, you had a series of intense situations, but just in general in life as we all do. Yeah. We all have been through a lot of stuff. Like, but I think that being in this world of sound and art, and especially the sound and art that we're all attracted to 
absolutely helps us to deal with going through this any any of these situations oh, that yeah. any of us have gone through and especially i think the music and art that we're all drawn to there's something about that that i think really helps with these situations are have you i'm sure you've been thinking a lot about art and music and your own art and music in after this whole situation and i'm sure that that's going to help you work through all this I mean, I'm definitely for sure. And um, I'm also like really trying to make work to for I mean, for others, you know, I'm trying to heal like myself and my community and like people around me, you know, like that's what the work is, right? If it's good work, it's supposed to be, you know, cathartic and transform transformative and, you know, and and it and like helping our brain waves and our like physical body or like psychic you know, mm -hmm. realms or psychic self, whatever. So, um, yeah, I definitely think like sound, I mean, yeah, it feels, it is, I can't imagine not having it, <laughs> you know, it does feel good. Like for your, you can feel it, like create, like carving out like new neural pathways in your brain too. Like you can feel it helping your mind, right? Like when you're working on sound, it's like, it, and it is, it is supposed to be, I mean, you guys know, you know, we're all smart people here. It's like, you know, that it, how it, it can like, you know, trigger new pathways in your mind. And, and like, um, yeah, that's a part that I like a lot. Just how he, like healing it is to, for like brain health. Cause I'm thinking about that a lot lately. Cause I'm, you know, a caregiver to a person with co a cognitive decline right now with my, in my family. So I'm thinking about like health constantly and, mm -hmm. and like, and like how it like sound helps your, helps your mind. <laughs> like, um, so you, yeah, you're actually playing a show, which is, I mean, ah! Tara and I played our first show in over two years, two and a half years. And we were just, we were, dreading it and you know because we hadn't played for so long and it had been so long gray's got a show actually yeah. as this uh yeah you got a show coming up in a couple of days as this episode comes yeah, out this, gray, this and weekend I yeah Wait, really e equally, equally excited and dreadful yeah 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 great gray is playing at a permanent roadhouse yeah uh, coming up on sunday so so we've all we're, we've all taken that bandit off but you're playing but i got sick for a week yeah, yeah. but you're playing after something very intense and very personal. Now, was this something that you had already set up or is this something that you wanted to do after have gotten out of the hospital? <laughs> no, it got set up months ago. Tim Lenz had set it up at Lodge Room in Highland Park. It's uh, May 12th at, the, awesome. at Lodge Room with, with Black Dice. There you go. Yeah. So it's, just, it's just me and Black Dice. Excellent. So yes, anyone in, in LA, obviously... That'll be a great show. So, so you're actually we had we just had to go up the road to play our show. You guys we, just we, you just played, yeah. You just yeah, played yeah, yeah. Seat, so, right? And that was that was yeah. hard enough for us. You're actually flying back to do this. What is your feelings right now? Um, I mean, I'm really tired to be honest, but um, I'm feeling pretty good. Like, I feel I I've been working on music so much lately in this in this house in Detroit in this basement. So 
it's kind of cool. I feel like I should show you like this basement here. It's like definitely some like like D- Detroit electronics. Like, uh, <laughs> like you know I don't you know, love like, a Detroit feels, basement. You know, it's inspiring. You know, the vibe. It's like so it's so you you've been preparing now. How actually how long have you been how long have you been, been out of the hospital? Um, I've been out of the hospital for two months. Okay, it yeah, yeah. Almost, that is it's, not it's, that long. No, I mean, I'm tired. I'll be honest. Like, if yeah. it wasn't for this show, I wouldn't be going back anywhere right, right. now. I'd just be mm-hmm. resting. Like, but I just didn't want to cancel. Yeah, this one's going to be cool. It's like, um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so it'll, I'm, I'm stoked. It'll be good. Yeah. I have a good attitude about it. Like I feel prepared and I'm making some new stuff that I'm really excited to play and it'll feel really good. You know, it'll feel super cathartic. So I'm excited, like great plan. That's, that's going to be good. I'm glad to see yeah. that you're playing gray. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about it. It's given me an opportunity to work out new stuff because I had a new record come out, but I never, all the you shows leading it. up to it were sort of true. the, the figuring out of that record and then for a while while it was still in production i was sort of playing that material but i'm it's i'm removed from it now and i'm working yeah. on new things so it's sort of and exciting then, yeah and that record with like all of that packaging and art too it looks so cool yeah. oh, thanks um, we're on the we're, we're on the same label too me true. And there you go exactly <laughs> yes the cool cool interactions. You put out the great uh, ep in in 2018 yeah and, but I, w- I will say that while we were you know again yes we were excited but it was also we were just because it had been so long it was nervous i will say that it after we played we did it did feel oh, it was like thank god yes it felt yeah. it, fe- it did feel good and i know gray's gonna have the same thing and i i'm sure i'm sure you're going to too even though obviously you play but this is yeah, you know, playing after this experience, I think it's there's going to be something really special there because of what you've gone through recently. Mm-hmm. The portal is gonna is like still maybe like slightly open. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but we're all trying to tap into that portal, aren't we? With our music, like, what the fuck are what else are we doing? Exactly. It's, it's, it's being able to understand and yeah. and talk about all this stuff. The peephole to the portal. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I and think- just like. Yeah. Not being afraid, you know, just stepping into it, lean into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I've been like seeing this like word, this term like post jaded a bit because I've been feeling I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned the post jaded. No, I like it. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about post jaded because I feel really <laughs> I feel like it really describes like I mean, I feel post jaded like so many times over where it's just like the posts like it's like now no longer giving a shit where it's like you're so you've been jaded you've already died you've already have had rebirth so many times like your music arts died born born you know rebirth again that it's just like the ego it doesn't everything the ambition none of that shit matters like who cares Super post jaded is like the other side of that, right? Like the total freedom where you're like, it's just about the work. It's just about the art. I don't give a fuck. I get like no fucks left to be given. Like (laughs) it's just completely like it's it feels good. I'm definitely post jaded. I'm I'm into it. I think that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are you are you are you feeling post jaded? I, I I didn't maybe we didn't have a term for it, but you know yeah. what? It's a sky, right? I mean I'm t- I'm definitely into that. Yes, yeah. that's great. So so it's like, yeah, fresh start. 
it's just not. I love post jaded. I love post jaded. Fre- I think fresh, yeah, a- fresh start. Just absolutely, you've gone through. You've you've gone through it. So now it's we just all have though. Open. We all we, have. yeah, all different all things. Have. Absolutely, everyone. Everyone has. That's the thing is. And that's why I think it's we. That's why we really want to talk to you because mm-hmm. everyone's had yeah. di- whatever level of experience, different experiences, yeah. but everyone's had these experiences, and just finding out ways to deal with them, and then finding out ways to p- put them into your art in a way that is is going to just transcend it. And I think that's and, the best way to do it. And like being post jaded is also like you didn't stop. Like you just, it's just, exactly. how, yeah. how could you thing. stop? Like you just, yes. it's, there's no, there's not, a, it's not an option. Yes. It's just, I feel, yeah, it's just free, you know? And I'm also like really kind of okay with sharing, I guess. I've been through mm-hmm. some crazy stuff and sharing the, the near death, you know, situation. Um, a lot of people, I made a post about it and a lot of people thanked me for sharing, which was really interesting. Like a lot of people did. And people were telling me the most like profound, beautiful things that they've ever said to me. And I was like, holy shit, I didn't know that you felt that way. Or like you thought of me as this person in your life that I, and I, and it, it was, yeah, it was, I don't take that for granted for a second. I was really touched. You know, actually, Tara, with you even you were kind of like, I don't think you realize how big of a deal this was because sometimes I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm like, I'm just in the zone, so I'm like, I'm just still trying to like feel like I can stay awake, you know. But I'm taking a lot of vitamins. I'm taking silver hydrosol right now. That's been helping. I like squirt this like silver up my nose. Yeah, colloidal silver. Yes. It's so good. That's been like the major like immune booster. Mm-hmm. I'm taking all sorts of crazy herbs and stuff. And that's been cool. Like getting all into like the herbal. But even just not minimizing what you went through, I think is important. And and, and it's it's absolutely just fascinating. But it's also. I mean, it's some heavy shit that you have been through. I mean, again, we've been we were really excited to talk to you about all this stuff, because I think anybody is going to find something no matter what their thoughts about that, that sort of that plane is. I think that there's something you can relate it to your own experience. And, you know, that's that that's, you know, we you can listen. I can listen to a a conversation, a podcast conversation about somebody who I don't. Maybe I don't even know what they're. Ta- I don't. I don't. I'm not familiar with the person, but I can. I can listen to their experience, their thoughts, and then relate it in in a different way to something maybe I'm going through. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Maybe I don't know exactly what they're talking about, but I can apply it to my own thoughts. And I think that's that's the best thing about this medium of recorded conversation. Yeah, this is really cool. And things that like give me that, that fill me with excitement when I think about like, I enjoy, um, you know, information about nature and physics, but I really love mysteries that are still preserved in the scientific world. And, you know, when people think they have it all figured out, you know, you can think about dark energy. You can think about dark matter. You can think about how we can only explain 5% of the energy that exists in the universe. We can think about, you know, all of these mysteries that even the, the biggest forerunners of science can't explain. 
Um, even now, you know, they say that energy can escape from black holes, but before nothing could escape black holes. And there's work done on Janus Point talking about how time, you know, flows forwards and backwards out of a central point in the universe where potentially all matter was present at one point. There's all these things that exist. And, you know, what if their nature is is that which we call a ghost or, you know, these interdimensional beings that we like to think about? I think that looking at it from a humble perspective is a more artistic approach, let's say. Yeah. And just keep it really simple too. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like super scary and complex. It's like, it's just really, yeah. Keep it light. I'm into, yeah. I'm keeping things pretty, pretty positive these days, to be honest. Hey, I think after <laughs> I what you've gone that. through, that's the way to be now. Yeah. I'm trying to keep the smiles going and the la- the jokes going. Cause there's been some shit, you know what I mean? I'm like, I, keep the jokes coming. I literally said yesterday <laughs> that I only like being around people who I can just crack up with. I and want that's, jo- yeah. yeah, that's like, that's, yes. that's, that's pretty much my criteria at this point. I wish but, I had a joke right now, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, no, right? we should, yeah, we should be, you guys well, are hilarious too. Yeah. You're like, they're well, all some of the funniest people I know. And I miss being in the same city all, with y'all. It's we're all, all goofballs. Yeah. It's great. But, uh, but, what do you call a chicken with lettuce in its eye? I don't know. Man. Chicken sees a salad. Oh, Chicken God damn it. There you go. There's a joke for y'all. I like Thank it. That is, I am into, I am a, very into that like, joke. He's a salad. I'm, I'm totally into that joke. All right. Well, Susie, this has been incredible. It's been so great having this discussion. And yeah, we're really excited. Coming up Thursday, May 12th at the Lodge in LA with Black Dice. Podbox will yeah. be there. Very yeah. exciting. Last time we were there, we saw Mortis. So great oh, room. True. And that'll be a really great show. So anyone in LA, come out to that. And then while we're at it, May 8th at Permanent Roadhouse, Gray will be doing his first hive mindset in a long time, playing with our friends Calm. And it's going to be their record release show. So May 8th, check that out. And we will, of course, put links up to Susie's Bandcamp so you can pick up some of the records we've talked about here. Now, are you going to add any some of that older stuff to there? Because as of now, I think there's only, I think 2016, I think, is the oldest release. Are you ever going to put some of that real old stuff up on that Bandcamp? Oh, um, I think. Oh, I guess I had the 2015. Do I not oh, have yeah, maybe there? it's something like that. But oh, any, okay. any of the earlier stuff, is that, are you just going to? let that just exist in the world are you are you considering yeah. putting that up yeah i get that i, I get that 100 just keep it yeah i'm like moving into the the newer stuff i mean Abs- there's absolutely but uh yeah i'm gonna i'm making a new record though i'm doing another um send, getting another dais one underway right. so that's Hell yeah and then um yeah there's been some other collaborations that have been needing to get come out for a while too so it's I think now that I'm here, I'm in Detroit and I'll be like, or Michigan, I'll be able to really get a lot of things finished. So I'm stoked. And you have a great website, so people can check out your website. We'll put in a link and you can see like visual art and Susie's amazing videos, which are just phenomenal. Like what world you create and all of those things. So that's another great thing to check out. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Susie. Thanks. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Noise Extra. 
Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.